past two o'clock, you're listening to the One Two Three Show. Right, it's time for the short story time. Uh, which this week we will hear all about uh, the third prize winner of last year's junior category of the Hong Kong's Top Story Competition, and the story is called Festival Reflections of a Newborn Festival, and it's read by Hugh Chiverton. The water has always been a constant comfort to me. The gentle, rhythmic lullaby of the warm waves lapping against my sides was the only mother I needed. Yet, the cogs of time cease for nobody. All children must fly the coop some day. Then, one's heartbeat would stutter and fail, finally descending into the eternal silence nobody has come back from. The dragon is the only mystical creature in the Chinese zodiac, revered for its mastery over the heavens. Be it rain, sleet, or snow, whether the clouds gathered in lazy wisps or angry clumps, the dragons bent the weather to their fancies. The Tungung Festival is a tradition that persisted through the ages, from the times when the majority of people still relied on a more agrarian lifestyle, wishing for a merciful rain for a bountiful harvest, to mourn the betrayal and despair of the loyal minister by his country, to remember the loss of a brilliant man. I plan on carrying out this legacy proudly. The carefully crafted boats are vessels for a dragon's spirit. Only when the eyes are completed will the dragon truly descend and propel the year forward with good fortune and cheer. I could feel the shallow incline of sand rubbing against the extended length of my sides. I could almost taste the white fringed lace of sea foam rolling relentlessly, playfully splashing my snout. Murmurs of excitement and anticipation from the surrounding crowd rose to a roar as I heard the tell-tale plodding someone in front of my face. The people fell into a revered silence. My tealwood heart seemed like it would burst out of the front of the brow of the boat. The wet slurp of the naiads grabbing at the heavy garments of the figure became unbearably close. A huff of tired breath, a creaking of bones that gave away his age became apparent. Infernal itching and scratching on both sides of my eyes. A sudden bright beam of light piercing my vision. I could see. For a brief moment of narcissism, I couldn't help but admire the azure, slightly metallic paintwork. A lovely gradient encompassing what looked like every shade of blue in the universe covered my chest, presumably painstakingly done with eternally patient, gentle brushstrokes. A pair of heavy, silver horns curved elegantly back. I imagined them framing the drummer, my heartbeat, in a halo bestowed upon him by the gods. Little red ribbons trailed in the water as whiskers. Amusement bloomed up in small puffs. Such mischievous beings, humans. I felt the urge to preen, even though I didn't have limbs, observing that I had stolen the brunt of the attention of the crowd. The eyes of a dragon could also see the hue of emotions. 
Never have I seen such an array of vibrance worthy of challenging the aurora. The minutes blurred into hours as I took in my surroundings slowly. Before I knew it, a rude sort of burping sound shattered my wonder into fragments of surprise and indignance, and my replacement legs, paddles, drove into the bay with a steady, determined beat. They propelled me forwards, my slimmer body slicing through with an incomparable elegance, cutting through the water so smoothly, listening to the unceasing drumbeat. My blood was boiling, bubbling with a desire to show off my crew to win this competition. As a dragon, momentary victory seemed trivial to any of us, but being plunged into the midst of action, it was hard not to be riled up. Streamers in a myriad of colours trailed from the railings, preventing a number of the over-enthusiastic audience from keeling over into the water. Local fishermen and hawkers were grinning from their own boats, the sweat gleaming on their suntan mugs dripped into the glimmering unknown, disrupting the tiny sparkles of sun. Life had not been merciful to these people, yet the hardship of toiling in the ocean had licked them into hardy, tough people. With a sense of wisdom, that was lacking these days. Simple phrases that conveyed more about respect, mindfulness and gratitude were much more effective than the elaborate prose and useless posturing of the so-called educated sector. Yet, the closer I looked, the more questionable side of things rose to the surface. I could see dulled, tired eyes of a pair of parents standing behind their squalling children, melting red-faced in the sweltering heat. The children were hollering, spurned on by the flashy appearance of the boats. One of the little girls tottered too close to the side, teetering on the worn rocks. If I had a facial expression, my face would have been drenched in immediate alarm. But her mother merely yanked her back unceremoniously, pushing her face close to her child's and shrieking again about her ungratefulness, her carelessness. Her frayed temper lashed out again and again, hurling needlessly cruel words at the poor soul. Dark, violent black from the adult struck cords of navy in a small field of white in the child. As I watched, a tiny bloom of blood welled up in the child's heart. That stain would only grow. I shook off the image vigorously, trying to get it out of my mind. But the bout of unpleasantness had only just begun. A sweet old woman, whose age was belied by the folds and wrinkles in her face and hands, was selling a small pile of rice dumplings. Her frail form trembled with the effort of pushing the cumbersome wooden cart forward. A dim glow of violet stemmed from her. Numb, stagnant grey, tinged with revolting swamp muck, revolved around her in a suffocating ring. Bystanders were deliberately looking away, disgusted by this doddering figure stripped of her dignity. Miraculously, a flower of pink blushed in the old woman's mind. This was a stripling of hope, stubbornly hanging on, despite the ugliness around it. Lead weights, the heaviness of Atlas holding up the sky. What was this feeling? Exhaustion? Despair? 
these words are too superficial, unable to put a finger on the exasperation that such beauty could only be seen against a backdrop of thorns. A flash of crimson distracted me from the depths of these dire musings. The finish line was near. The desire to win, the accumulated apprehension at the prospect of winning gave me one last boost of energy. I willed the winds to propel us forward, for the multitude of celestial beings to take away the rower's fatigue. An air chrysalis separated us from the rest of the world. The only thing that mattered was the nearing goal. One last surge, and the deafening roar of the crowd gave us all a definitive answer. The bugle of victory sounded, and my visage was the face of triumph. As a horde of fishermen rushed forward to haul my salt-encrusted torso back onto the shore, the residual shot of euphoria crawled sluggishly through my mind. The whirl of overwhelming information I gleaned had thrown me into a kind of sensory overload. My tired eyes landed on a pair of polished designer shoes. Dragging my view upwards, an impassive face with a wide forehead stepped casually onto the pebbles. He leaned forward, allowing me to get a clear view of his greasy pompadour accentuated with tacky bright slacks and an appalling polka dot shirt which didn't do much to conceal his lardy middle. Rage and indignance churned unpleasantly in my mind, but the fat hand, overwrought with rings, extended to the drummer. A handshake of congratulations, I suppose. Perhaps I'm paranoid from the race. There was a crackly, crinkling sound next to my ear. An ungodly amount of banknotes were shoved into the captain's waiting hands. Sniffing, snuffling, grisly snorts of murky chuckling among the men. Suddenly, these weren't the honourable companions who had brought us victory. The true driving force was a sour shade of citrine and piss. Greed. Greed was the lever, and greed had set the rhythm of my stale here. If I could see my own emotions, the blank white canvas would seethe, with a rioting field of red hyacinths would have been smothered in a bed of dead autumn leaves, finally giving way to yellow carnations. was Hugh Chiverton reading the third prize winner of the junior category of last year's Hong Kong's Top Story competition. And the story is written by Jocelyn Jung. Uh, you can go back to our Radio 3 archive to listen to all the um, winning pieces. And of course, this year's competition is up and running. All the information is on our Radio 3 homepage. And the theme this year is solitude. And so if you feel inspired uh, by these stories and if, if you feel inspired by the theme solitude, then do 
write a story of less than 2,000 words and you can win some great prizes. You need to be uh, 18 years old or above for the adult category and for the junior category you've got to be 12 to 17 years old and the deadline for these entries is the 27th of November. For more information you can always email in topstory at rthk.com.